let us join together in the call to worship. Sing to God a new song. Praise God from the ends of the earth. God, who created us, says to us, Fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God reminds us that we are precious in God's sight. Sing to God a new song and declare God's praise. Let us worship God with praise and joy.
God's amazing and bountiful mercy call us to be honest and forthright with the ways we have strayed from God. In our lives each day, we live far from the generous strength of God's best intent for us individually and as a community. And so it is with confidence that we pray together this prayer of confession, recognizing that God hears us and is ready to forgive. Let us pray together. Lord God, eternal and almighty God, we acknowledge before your holy majesty that we have sinned and are unable of our own power to do good. Because of our sin, we endlessly violate your holy commandments. But, O oh Lord, with heartfelt sorrow, we repent and turn away from all our offenses. We are sorry, O oh God, and ask that your grace will relieve our distress. Have compassion on us, most gracious God of mercies, for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and in removing our guilt, also grant us daily increase of the grace of your Holy Spirit and that produce in us the fruits of holiness and of righteousness pleasing in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, the Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Friends, believe the good news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. As forgiven people, we now have an opportunity to share a spirit of forgiveness and welcome with one another. I invite you to share the peace of Christ with your neighbors in the pew, whether it's a friendly handshake, a friendly wave, an embrace, or some way of letting your kindness be extended to those around you through Christ. And to those of you joining us online this morning, we invite you to take this time to let us know of your presence by filling out the virtual pew pad via the QR code or link below the video description on the screen. We extend God's welcome to you as well. And on this day, we invite you to share the peace of Christ with neighbors and friends or family members. And now to all who are present in the congregation, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Welcome to all of you who have come this day to worship here at Fourth Presbyterian Church. We're delighted to have you, whether you are here in the sanctuary or joining us by our live stream. We give thanks for each and every one of you and are so honored to be together praising the living God.
Today, we are absolutely delighted to welcome the Reverend Tom R. Jr., who joins us this morning as our interim pastor. We are delighted to have Tom and his wife, Carol, with us, and we invite all of you to join us following worship in Anderson Hall for a festive reception. I think what that means is cupcakes and balloons festive reception um, following our worship this day. Tom and Carol will be there to join us immediately following worship. And this is a very special Sunday here at Fourth Church as we not only welcome Tom and Carol, but observe Reformation Sunday and also mark this as our Commitment Sunday. Later in the service, following the sermon, we'll have the opportunity to bring forward our 2024 pledge commitments to Fourth Church and Chicago Lights and place them down in front on the communion table. If you have not yet made your pledge, it's not too late. We invite you to do so this morning using the pledge cards that are, cards that are in the pew rack or filling out the form online using the link printed in the worship bulletin or the link that you now will see on your screen or is found on our homepage of our website. And for those of you who have already made a pledge who are here in the sanctuary, there are blue I pledged cards in the pew racks as well, which you can bring forward at the time of the pledge dedication. And for those of you worshiping online, online, if you have not already made a pledge, you can find the description below in the video link. And during the singing of the hymn, you will also see the QR code that will take you to that link. All are invited to take part in the life of this congregation, and you will find our invitation to do so in the second half of your bulletin, pages 7 to 11. I encourage you to take a few minutes today as part of your continuing worship to consider how worship really leads into service. And so there are a range of ways to explore your faith through adult ed classes, particularly this morning. And after this, or at 11 o'clock, we will be um, receiving and welcoming Arnie Duck Duncan, who is currently serving as the co-founder of Chicago CRED, and he will be speaking as part of our adult education program. We invite you, after going to the reception, to join us in the uh, Borwell Conference Room. And on this Thursday, I want to remind you of a Michigan Avenue Forum, which will be happening here in the sanctuary, on the topic of understanding anti-Semitism. That will be held here at 6.30, and we invite you to come. In addition, there are abundant opportunities to volunteer and join in fellowship with one another. And before I end the announcements, I'd like to invite all of you to reach for a pew pad, and if you would, sign your name and send it down the pew and then return it to the end or the center aisles. This lets us know of your attendance here today, and it's really, really helpful to have that information. And also, if you 
in the sanctuary would like to meet with a deacon following our worship, you can come to Stone Chapel, which is to the right of the pulpit, to meet a deacon and have a time of prayer. Again, we are absolutely delighted to have us here together worshiping God. Let us pray. Lord God, help us turn our hearts to you and hear what you will speak. For you speak peace to your people through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is from Deuteronomy 34. Listen now for God's word to us. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, 
which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land, Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the Western Sea, the Negev and the plain, that is, the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, as far as Zoar. The Lord said to him, this is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not cross over there. Then Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab at the Lord's command. He buried him in a valley in the land of Moab opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows his burial place to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His sight was unimpaired and his vigor had not abated. The Israelites wept for Moses in the plains of the Moab 30 days. Then the period of mourning for Moses was ended. Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid hands on him and the Israelites obeyed him, doing as the Lord had commanded Moses. Never since then has arisen a prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He was unequaled for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to perform in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land. And for all the mighty deeds and all the terrifying displays of power that Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, Fourth Church family. It is good to see you and to be with you this day. I am eager to come to know you and to serve you in ways that I can in this brief period called interim. It is quite a day here at Fourth. It is Reformation Sunday, which shows up in our music and prayers and their bagpipes. This is the first time I have the privilege to preach with you, and so I'd like to tell you a bit about myself, but there are other more important things, so we'll do that another time. Namely, it's Stewardship Commitment Sunday. If that's not, <laughs> if that's not cheery enough, our text today is the death of Moses. I'm preaching my first sermon to you on the death of Moses on Stewardship Commitment Sunday. We can all check that off our bucket list. 
Well, let's get to it. Let's turn to our second reading. Listen to this. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. The kingdom has come near. Jesus, with these words, begins his ministry. The kingdom of God or the reign of God or God's promised day. It is a life. It is a way of being with God and being with one another that Jesus gave his life to make possible for you and me. But the truth is, it is a day we have never seen, not in all of its fullness, but it is a day, a way of living toward which all of us live every day. Now, I don't know what you think of when you think of the promised day of God. Maybe you think of the folks down at Chicago Lights Real busy working crossword puzzles because everyone has enough today. Maybe you think of the children in the land that Jesus called home, singing songs with one another rather than hiding in bunkers and rubble because their parents have stopped choosing violence. Maybe you think of neighbors coming home from a bowling alley grousing about their score, but coming home nevertheless. Maybe you think of simpler things, like old burdens set down, old injuries being comforted, old fears being calmed. I don't know what you think of when you think of life being lived as God intends it for you and me, but Jesus said he could show us that life, and when we see it, we immediately recognize it as home. The scripture said that Moses, his vigor was unabated and his eyesight unimpaired, a circumstance I find increasingly impressive. <laughs> and at the Lord's command, he dies. But before Moses dies, God drags Moses up Nebo to show him the land of promise. And as God does this, God reminds Moses, you can't go in there. Home, your home, it's right there, but you can't go in. It's kind of like we as kids used to say, nanny, nanny, boo, boo. You can't go in there. Why would God do that? It's bad enough that God forbids Moses, his faithful servant, from entering the land of promise. Moses spent his whole life leading this people who grumbled all the time. Admittedly, they grumbled because they didn't have things like food, water. I've known Presbyterians who grumble when they don't have the, white, the right wine pairing. Moses spends his entire life as a scout leader on this unending wilderness camp out every day saying, it's out there, kids, it's out there. The land that God promised, it's out there. And here in his last moment, God takes Moses up Nebo and says, look, there it is. 
Everything I promised you, it's all there. Moses did spend his whole life living toward that land, and I think this is the point. I think what God is doing is taking Moses up that mountain and showing him, look, everything I promised you, it's true. Everything I promised, it's all true. Everything you've based your life on is all true. This has been my experience with the kingdom of God or God's promised day. It is a day we've never seen, not in all its fullness, but here and there, now and then, we get glimpses of it. This promised life breaks in in ways and we get a glimpse of the way God intends us all to be. And we find ourselves standing on Nebo and God whispering in your ear, there it is. Everything I promised you, it's true. It was 1987, the bicentennial celebration of the drafting of the U.S. Constitution was underway. On a bright September morning, Chief Justice Warren Burger waxed nostalgic. He said, if we keep faith with the vision of the founders, we will have done our part to see that the great new idea of government by we the people remains in place. Burger believed our calling was to stay true to a vision held in 1787. Associate Justice Thurgood Marshall offered an alternative voice. Marshall had argued Brown versus the Board of Education before the court in 54. And in 1967, he was appointed as the first African-American justice to sit on the court, on the land's highest court. Marshall warned, the focus of this celebration invites a complacent belief that the vision of those in Philadelphia already have yielded this more perfect union we are said to enjoy. Marshall added, the government the framers devised was defective from the start, requiring multiple amendments, a civil war, a momentous social transformation to better realize the promise of a more just society Credit for the Constitution and its presence meaning belongs not to the framers, Marshall concluded, but to those who refuse to acquiesce to outdated notions of liberty, justice, and equality, and strive to better them. Marshall believed in America, but only because he trusted America was still becoming. He believed in an America he could not yet see or perhaps saw only in glimpses, but he trusted she was out there and he trusted she was worth living toward. I think our faith is like that. Every day we live toward a day we've never known, but trust is out there. And now and then God gives us a glimpse. There it is. It's all true. And if you are like me, this is the reason you make a pledge to this church. More than anything else, the work of Fourth Church is a declaration of hope in who we can become, is it not? 
It was early in my ministry and I got a call late. It was a Friday night. Young woman said, Reverend R, we need to see you. It's our marriage. I said, oh, okay. I said, I have some time tomorrow. She said, excellent, we'll be there at 7.30. I said, in the morning? Um, so there's no hiding this. You'll learn this about me. I, I'm, I'm not a morning person. I, I know there are those who spring to life with the rising of the sun. They are those for whom Jesus also died. But I think the promised day of God, in the promised day of God, we'll have maybe, I don't know, three mornings a week. It shouldn't be banned altogether, but having one over day is, every day is overdoing it, I think. Nevertheless, I rose with my alarm. I stopped for a bucket of coffee and I arrived. They were waiting for me. We walked in. I said, so tell me about it. She said, well, we're just nothing alike. We're absolutely nothing alike. I said, so tell me about it. She said, well, for example, last Saturday we woke up and I said, what do you want to do today? What, what, what do you want to do today? I was thinking that maybe we could work in the yard some before it gets too hot. Uh, we could mow the lawn and then we could plant those shrubs I got on Tuesday. And then maybe, maybe you could hang the ceiling fan in the den while I'm at the grocery store. And after that, we should paint the porch swing. It really needs painting. But after we've paid the bills, I, I don't think we should work all day. We should drive out to the beach, take a long walk, find inner peace. On the way back, we could stop for lunch. But, but that's just me. What do you want to do today, she asked. He said, I was thinking about getting some coffee. She said, that's it? That's all you want from the day is coffee? He said, well, it's a start. She looked at me. She said, you see our problem, don't you, Reverend? I looked at my coffee. <laughs> I, I used to be her, except for the morning part. I used to be seize the day, build it and they will come, take no prisoners on to victory. If Jesus could bring the kingdom of heaven near, we could bring it here. Maybe it's my age, but my expectations have moderated a bit. We as a people of faith, simply do not have the influence we once assumed we held. Time has taught me that the church is not always lost in wonder, love, and praise. Sometimes we're just lost. Don't get me wrong. There are amazing things that happen in church. There are amazing things that happen in this church, and you don't have to be here but 72 hours to see that. Jesus is Lord, but like him, we too still live in Herod's world, and the only power you and I have is love. And love is a power, but it is a tender power. It is a strength, but it is a vulnerable strength, and the victories of love are often modest. When we look at the world, in the needs of the world that we are in just this week, we as people of faith don't feel very strong. And I wouldn't blame you if it challenged your hope. But I also know if you keep your eyes open now and then, 
here and there, you will get a glimpse of that coming day. You will get a glimpse of that promised day. From time to time, you will find yourself standing on Nebo and God whispers in your ear, there it is, everything I have promised you, it is true. Congregation I served in Jacksonville, Florida was across the street from a public park. Some of the unhoused in Jacks called it home. Often on my way from the parking lot to the church, uh, one of the residents there would come and ask me for some spare change or a cup of coffee. One morning I was walking from the church to a coffee shop just, just down the block when one of the guys from the park spotted me. He said, um, Reverend, do you mind if I come with you? Could I go with you? I said, sure, come on. I ordered my coffee and I said, I'll get whatever he's getting. And he put some change down on the counter. He said, I just want water, please, but I'd like to buy this man's coffee. I said, I'm sorry, you, you want to buy my coffee? I don't understand. He said, you're the pastor of that church there, right? I said, yes. He said, you have a really wonderful choir. I said, yes, we do. He said, I used to sing in the choir when I was in college. You, you were in college? Yes, and, until my mom got sick and I had to drop out. But I love the music. And Michael, your custodian, he lets me in on Thursday when they rehearse and I lie in a pew up in the balcony and I just listen and Reverend, it's the best part of my week. For an hour, I am just surrounded by beauty. Don't you love it when you're just surrounded by beauty? So I just wanna buy you a cup of coffee and ask you if you would just thank the singers in your church for being the best part of my week. I said, I'm sorry. What's your name? He said, my name is Gabriel. I said, your name is Gabriel. <laughs> he said, yes, Reverend, it's a name from the Bible. I, I, I know, I know, I, I know the name Gabriel. I said, Gabriel, would you like to come and sing with our choir? He said, no, I don't sing anymore. But tell them last week's anthem by Rudder, it's one of my favorites. You know, Reverend, someday, he said, it'll be like that. We'll all be just surrounded by beauty. Enjoy your coffee. And he disappeared in the crowd. Like you, I served a church that was surrounded by the unhoused. It was more than we could change. Addressing the need left us feeling inadequate every day. And yet sometimes we get a glimpse of that new day that is coming, that day when we will be surrounded by beauty and God whispers in your ear, don't give up, don't let go. Everything I promised you is true. Jesus said the kingdom of God has come near and from time to time, I've gotten glimpses of it and I bet you have too. In the walk of faith, our victories are modest. The needs of the world are overwhelming and sometimes we feel small because the only power we have is love. And love is a power, but it is a tender power. It is a strength, but it is a vulnerable strength. And often her victories are modest. 
But fourth church, keep doing the good that is yours to do. Keep sharing the love that is yours to share, and God will use that to lead us to that promised day. But until that day comes in all its glory, keep your eyes open, and from time to time, here and there, you will find your feet firmly planted on Nebo, and God will whisper, see, everything I promised you it's all true. Everything you've based your life on, it's all true. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Jesus said that the kingdom of God has come near, that promised day of God has come near. But it's not here, not now. But from time to time, we get a glimpse of that truth and it becomes so magnetic, we cannot help but live toward that day, which is what we do when we pledge. A pledge is a declaration of hope. It's a commitment to participate in God's work of redemption in the world. So as we sing praise to this God, if you're able and so choose, we invite you to bring your, your pledge card and place it in baskets here on the table. If you've already pledged, bring one of these blue cards there provided if you put that in the, you may be visiting, you may be like me here for the first time. And you may be thinking, I wasn't really planning on pledging today. <laughs> That's all right. Just bring yourself as an expression of your own hope. I know that we pay attention to process and detail here at Fourth Church, but about as organized as we're gonna be about this is suggest you come down the center aisle and return by the outside aisle. There are no reservation numbers, no ushers, just kind of come as you are able and feel led. And let us show God that we have not given up our hope and that we are living toward God's promised day. Let us do that mm -hmm. and let us sing while we do it.
please remain standing as together we affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. The white rose in the chancel marks a change in our life of faith, our family of faith. The church received word of the death of Janet Strong on October 19th. May she be of blessed memory. We also want to let you know that a memorial service for James Ethan Jacobs will be held here in the sanctuary at 2 p.m. on Saturday, November the 4th. As we continue to worship together under the banner of heaven, let us bow our heads and join our hearts in prayer. Let us pray. You're the quiet center that grounds us. You are the spirit of energy that stirs us. You are the radiant warmth that holds us together, loving God. And to you, we offer our thanks and our praise. For the gift of life and for all your creation that experiences life in this moment, we are truly grateful. Our gratitude leads us to compassion for all that bear the burden of what is broken in this world, O oh God. Too often, it seems that your creation continues its free fall from grace, and yet we cling to the promise of your mercy and abiding love through Jesus Christ to catch us and hold us. Catch us, Lord, when we fall into temptations and addictions. Catch us, Lord, when we fall into habits of contempt and resentment. Catch us, Lord, when we fall into the traps of vengeance and deceit and violence. Catch us when we fall into obsessions with power and prejudice and greed. Catch the ones who fall through the cracks of care and loving kindness, O oh Lord. Catch and hold closely to you the ones who have fallen into illness, estrangement, abandonment, desperation, despair, violation, and grief and loss, and lift them into the light of healing and wholeness. Catch us. Hold us and gather us in, O Holy One, in the name and for the sake of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we gather in worship and gratitude, we are reminded of the importance of giving. Your contributions support our mission, the community, and our shared values. Let us come together in the spirit of generosity, offering not just our financial support, but also our love and compassion. Please give with an open heart, knowing that your offerings are a blessing to our community and beyond. Thank you for your generosity. Your offering will now be received.
us pray. Good and generous God, we are so grateful to you for your gifts of life and daily bread. We can never say thank you enough. As we bring these gifts, our pledges and offering, take our lives and let them be given to you and this world as a sign of your love. May these gifts extend your love with energy, imagination, and joy. Through Christ we pray, amen.
as you go from this place, remember this. Remember you are loved. The love of God calls you by name, and it will never let you go. Let that love encourage, instruct, and inspire you to do the good that is yours to do, to share the love that is yours to share. And God will use that to lead us to God's promised day. And now may the love of God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of God's Spirit rest and abide with us all now and forever. Amen.